0: Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author, Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Welcome back to the Dollars and Cents Show. This is Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. In this podcast, I'm going to air a clip from a workshop I did at the Great Homeschool Conference in Cincinnati, Ohio in April of 2018. The workshop was called Homeschool Co ops How to Start Them, Run Them, and Not Burn Out. And in this workshop excerpt in particular, I'll be talking about forming a nonprofit corporation for your homeschool co-op. I'm going to talk about the benefits and why you as leaders especially might want to think about Nonprofit incorporation for your homeschool co op because of a wonderful benefit called limited liability. Uh, I hope you find this helpful information, and as always, head on over to my website homeschoolcpa.com where you can find more information about incorporating as a nonprofit in your state as well as other helpful information in running your homeschool co op. And at this point, after you've formed a group, figured out who you are, what your purpose is, at this point you might want to think about, if you're a nonprofit, seeking nonprofit corporation status with your state. Okay? This is it um, forming some formal paperwork with the state. Here in the state of Ohio, it's like a hundred and twenty five dollars. Indiana, that's thirty dollars. So you do it in your state. And it's a a one-time filing of paperwork. It says, we are forming a nonprofit corporation, okay? And what that does is it gives what's called limited liability for your leadership. So you guys should be interested in this. You're the leaders, right? Okay, so when you hear the words limited and liability, I want you to think lawsuit. Liability means lawsuit or the monetary damages from a lawsuit. And the lawsuit could be a civil suit or it could be like a medical claim. Some kid got hurt, could come from an insurance company, could come from a member, who who knows. Fortunately, there are not many lawsuits, civil lawsuits, filed against homeschool groups. I'm in contact with one of the HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense attorney lawyers, a lot. Um, And we we don't hear many civil lawsuits brought against leaders. More likely, it's um, a child got hurt and the insurance wants your group to pay up. But anyway... Limited liability means the liability, the lawsuit, the damages from the lawsuit are limited to the corporation's assets, meaning the money in your checking account, your group's checking account. It won't spill over and find each of you leaders individually responsible. Okay. Yes? No. LLC is very similar. Thank you, because it's limited liability company. But LLCs are, in the eyes of the IRS non excuse me for-profit businesses and it gives the same limited liability that nonprofit corporation status gives to nonprofits limited liability got it so carol top CPA my business is an llc in the state of ohio so if you sue me you can only get the assets of my business not my personal money If your organization does not have nonprofit corporation status in your state and you can go to the secretary of state in your state and look up your group, see if you have it or not. If you do not have it, then this lawyer, homeschool mom lawyer, told me then every single one of you leaders are individually and jointly liable and all of the members are too. If you really want to scare the bejeebers out of them. Again, what did I tell you about? There are not many civil lawsuits brought against homeschool groups, but do we really want to take that risk when filing some paperwork one time? Protects and limits the liability. Okay? There you go. It forms a separate legal entity called a nonprofit corporation. Okay? And you might want to think about doing this. Before you apply for tax exempt status with the IRS. Because if your group has been around for like 20 years and you've never done this and now you want to do it, the IRS says you just formed a new legal entity. It's like birthing a new baby. You got to go back to the IRS, get a new employer identification number, get tax exempt status all over again. Okay, okay. That was a little bit to absorb. Anybody need me to repeat anything there? Yes. It's a very good question. I'm going to rephrase it for the recording. She said members have to sign what we would call a waiver of liability. They agree, hold no one in the group liable, not to sue us, yada, yada, yada. Is that good enough? You don't think you're a nonprofit corporation in your state. Is that good enough? It's, um, I, I have talked to, again, attorneys, I just all the attorneys about this, and, and here's what they tell me. So I'll just repeat what they said. Okay. It's a very good thing to have that paper, it's more like a hurdle that a parent or, or somebody attempting to, a member would have to get over before they might sue you. In other words, you know, they signed that paper and now they're mad at you because, you know, you did something to upset their precious darling. Okay. And, and, um, I'm being a little sarcastic. Sorry. Kids are precious. I shouldn't say that, but you can understand. Um, they might not, he might not sue you because he remembers he signed that waiver. That's, It's like a hurdle or a roadblock they have to get over. No, it is not the same as forming a new legal entity called a nonprofit corporation. No, that waiver does not limit the liability to the the corporation. So you guys are what's called an unincorporated association. You're a group of parents. Now, I think a lot of support groups can run as unincorporated associations. First of all, there's not a lot of money. Involved, there's not a lot of risk because usually the children are not involved in homeschool support groups. By the time you're dealing with kids in the co op and property like the church or the place you're renting, you guys have a lot more risk, don't you? I think this is the first step. Then you do other smart things like have waivers, have good policies, make sure no one's, you know, damaging the church property and all these other kinds of things. Okay, yes. Okay. Would a waiver protect you from insurance companies coming after you? Hardly anything stops a lawsuit. Okay. But what the waiver does is shows that you were good, responsible people. Therefore, you can't be accused of gross negligence. You had good policies. Look, everybody signed a waiver. Okay. And it might be enough, again, to stop that parent because you would wave it in front. Look, you said it might be enough to stop them going any further. Now, I just did, I did some uh, podcasts on conflict resolution. So really, the best things you can do to stop an angry parent from calling their lawyer is to apologize, make amends, make restitution, and put in place some policies or practices to assure them that whatever you did won't happen again. That's, those are very important steps. That's right. The waiver doesn't protect your personal assets. Yes. All right, thank you, Kendra. Personal experience. She's, her group is one of my clients who recently went through the whole process of thinking about this, voting on it as a board, reading, understanding it. Okay, thank you. Okay, yes, yes. Will HSlda help you with this? Yes, they will. And um, I cannot help you too much with this because it's it's uh it's the lawyer work, and I'm an accountant, so they cannot write. I cannot write the articles of incorporation for you, the paperwork you file with the state. But if you prepare it yourself, I can briefly look it over to make sure that it it will pass muster with the IRS, which is our next step a little bit later. But but the HSLDA attorneys will help you with that. Most of my groups, you guys did it on your own, didn't you? You didn't hire an attorney, did you? Most of them do it on their own. Darren Jones from HSLDA. And... She's talking about writing bylaws. I was talking about the paperwork you file with the state. Ohio has a specific form you file. Indiana has a specific form you file. Stuff like that. Have bylaws too. Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. For the recording, she said a lot of law law schools will have their students help small nonprofits like yours get set up and established as nonprofit corporations, and they can help you with that kind of stuff. Good point. Thank you for saying that. Yes. He asked if your church is sponsoring you and you're a ministry underneath that church, that is the best place to be if you can get it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, just to clarify, make sure the church really has you underneath their tax exempt status, not just serving as a landlord. Okay. And here's what I, here's what I warn people. I've been a church trustee and a church treasurer. Okay. So a lot of times what happens is a homeschool leader will talk to the pastor and pastors are wonderful, generous people. And they'll be like, of course you're a ministry of our church. But meanwhile, he's not checking with the board of trustees who care about, well, who is this group and what are they doing? And, and so you have to make sure the right people in the church are the people. And I like you to get it in writing, just to, write up a nice little memorandum of understanding that we are ministry under you we are covered under your tax exempt status we can use your employer identification number to open a checking account talk to them about how can we set up our own checking account do you want us to run through you and are we covered under your insurance policy that's like as important as the money so ask those couple questions write it up in a little document you sign it hand it to the whoever the head honcho is, not just the pastor, but probably chair of the elders or chair of trustees. Just an understanding. We all agree here because, again, God forbid something happened and one of the students, well, one co-op we were in, we got kicked out because the boys did something to the bathroom, and I don't know what they did, but we got kicked out, right? So God forbid your group damages the church, you really want to make sure that you're covered underneath the church's insurance policy in writing. But that's the best place to be if you can be a ministry of a church. Unfortunately, has anybody anybody else done that? No? None of you under ministries of a church. You, okay, a couple of you are. You're you're trying to get a church to take you. Well, then you're not covered under them. Now you could say we will help pay, or we'll 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 collect money and give it to you, dear church if you put us under your insurance policy. But it's getting harder and harder for churches to take us on. Yeah? Yeah. Yes? It's getting harder. Yeah, and she said sometimes the churches want enough uh, people in the homeschool group to be members. Um, I love it when a church says, but, hey, I think this is a good outreach, you know, isn't it, you know, to church, to unchurched families or semi-church families and unfortunately churches get nervous about this you know stuff okay thank you for joining the dollars and cents radio show with carol top here at the ultimate homeschool radio network for more helpful information visit carol at her website homeschoolcpa.com